Americans, Pillar Performance is officially available to you today. Stop what you're doing right now and go and get yourself some Pillar Performance Triple Magnesium Powder. It seriously changes your sleep and training in a way you've heard me talk about a million times already. So don't wait any longer than you've already had to. Go and get yourself some right now. And for everyone else in the world who already uses Pillar Performance and uses the HTT20 discount code for 20% off, then just a reminder about the update that I now have a landing page over at the Pillar online shop where you can go to it and the discounts will be automatically put on your products during checkout without you having to enter a code. You can find that at pillarperformance.shop slash HTT. That's pillarperformance.shop slash HTT. So grab your pillar from there from now on. The link for it is still in the description and the HTT20 discount code still works if you do want to do that um, and you don't like change, but this just does make things a bit easier for you. It also has some great little extra info about the products you might want. So go and check it out. As we all know, the word legend gets thrown around way, way too often. And so I'm always very careful not to describe every guest that comes on the show as a legend of the sport because arguably everyone who comes on is one. But I want to save it for those people who are, in every sense of the word, a legend. And today's guest, the famous swim coach of Jan Fredino, Braden Curry, and the Australian Olympic team, amongst others, John Rogers, or JR as he's known, is just that, a legend. John, firstly, thanks for being here, mate. Uh, and secondly, I was, I was having a quick look around this morning to try and see if, if you'd ever done a podcast before, but I couldn't find any. Is this the first podcast you've ever done? With you sort of people, yes. I've done it with still, with still water, but never with triathlon. Right. I think you're one of those people who sort of works really quietly behind the scenes but if people in the triathlon world knew your story it would be one of those stories that everyone would want to hear more about so i'm really excited about the the opportunity to uh to talk to you about all of it john well we go back a long way we go back to when we started off in cranbrook when i was a a swim coach uh of olympic swimmers ron mckeon graham brewer michelle ford Mesca, all those are medalists in the Olympics. But more so, I had three great triathletes and they become part of our scene was uh, Ant McKeon, Chippy Fraser and Spotty Anderson. And in the triathlon world, they are very well known. Triathlon's one of those sports, John. It's, it's funny because... It has a short memory to a lot of the newer fans. So I dare say that that most people listening to this probably don't even know who any of those triathletes are. But, you know, if you're someone who um, loves triathlon history, you know, they're massive names from the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and, and you really have been working with triathletes since then, even even a little bit before, if I'm not mistaken, right up to the current day where you still work with, with the greatest triathlon uh, triathlete that we have uh, in Jan Fredino. So what is it that makes you such a special swim coach uh, for triathletes? Well, when they come into the program, they don't come in and swim like triathletes. As I said to Helen Wells yesterday, you come in to swim like a swimmer and with your technique and the programs we do, 
there isn't a program for triathletes and a program for my good swimmers, who I've got two on the world scene at the moment. Uh, they they step up. It's like when you join uh, Olympic cycling teams and those teams overseas, when you go onto the teams, you step up to the team. The team doesn't step back to you. And that's what makes you a great athlete. So in your opinion, John, because this is this is a this is something that's talked about a lot in triathlon at the moment. You know, there's names like Lionel Sanders and Sam Long, and they're probably the people whose swimming gets talked about more than anyone because it's the one thing that lets them down from being, you know, the best of the best. Um, and if they could just make front pack swim groups, they would really compete to, to win the Ironman World Championships and big races like that. And so they're really big in like the YouTube scene, like the online video scene, John, where they'll post videos talking about how they're going to improve their swimming. Um, but you always, you don't ever really see them in there with Olympic standard swimming squads or, you know, coaches quite to your level. Do you think that every triathlete who's trying to become the best in the world needs that? I think every triathlete is not prepared at this stage of the game to give the time, the effort and the application to becoming a better swimmer. They go to the pool. I see them come to our pool and they swim over on the side and I think, oh, my God, how are they ever going to get to the lead pack? particularly when you walk into people like Jan came out of a swimming background. Jan was a uh, still water swimmer. And Jan, when he came to me, uh, he was prepared. He swam like a still water swimmer. And he does it so easy. His technique improved, his uh, application, his efforts, heart rate, aerobic, uh, we talk on we talk technical terms, and he understands it the same as Braden does now, and the same as I'm going to hopefully work with Helen and bring her through into the same sort of program. You have to be prepared to step up and train accordingly. If if you want to be a great bike rider or a great runner, you, you don't go and train on your own in the paddock down the road. You go and join a running crew or a bike crew. So you're starting to work with New Zealand triathlete Hannah Wales there. Um, From yesterday, Jack. She came yesterday and I shake my head. I've, I haven't got too many good triathlete swimmers that come out of New Zealand, buddy. Now, all right, there's, there's someone, if you talk to him, Tommy Bishop from England. Look at him now. And we still keep in touch on Instagram. And I trained Tommy when he came out here for the Commonwealth Games. And he was one of those swimmers that was just a clucks. And look at him now. He, the guy that came out here and ran third in the Commonwealth Games came from Scotland. He was worse than Tommy. But he ended up running third in the Commonwealth Games. A big guy. I can't think of his name. When they came out here, they had a training camp at Noosa. And uh, he ended up running third. He came out of the water second. But, you know, you've got to be able to – it's not so much coming out of the water in that lead pack 
it's coming out and being able to swim at 90% of your your maximum and getting out and saying, right, guys, now here I go. On the bike and on the run, I'm as good or better than what you are. And that's what I teach them. They've got to come out of the water at 90%. Look at uh, uh, the burger man. I've had him since he was 12 years old. He was a swimmer with me at, at Albany Creek, and he was a good swimmer. Australian 1,500, 200 back. And I taught him how to ride a bike. And he was a cross-country runner at Nudgy School. And look at him today. Ash Gentle's husband. So all the time you're seeing that they are prepared to swim. Like uh, he, he came the other week up and swam with me. He was down here for a few days. He was doing a heart rate set, 3,100s on 140, holding 62, 63. That means you can swim 403, 404 for 400. Do you have many that can do that in the triathlon world and ride a bike and run? Yeah, there's, there's, especially when you make the move to long course, John. Like the, the short course scene, the swimming's quite strong, but the, the long course is where we see the big split in the swim, isn't it? Where there's a, very, a few very good people up the front, like Josh Amberger being one of the best, the other yeah, two guys yeah. you work with, Jan Fredino and Braden Curry being two of the best, but then you have the guys who are, um, after an Ironman swim, for example, coming out of the water four or five minutes behind those guys, sometimes even more, six or seven minutes. And when Jan's on his game and when he was good in that, you couldn't go with him. He came out of the water 40, under 47 and he got out and he said, right, fellas, now here I go. But he, only, he was only swimming at 90% of his maximum. And uh, you must remember, look, has Ash Gentle ever, ever won an Olympic gold? Now, look at Jan's wife. She was a state swimmer, but could run 33-plus for 10K, Emma Snows Hill. She was a state swimmer. So, you know, you've only got to rest your case. And the crop, 200 butterfly, 209. He was a gun butterfly. We had Emma Snowsaw on the podcast, John, and we talked a lot about that, um, her training under Dennis Cottrell, um, who sort of like yourself is a really famous Australian swim coach, um, Olympic swim coach. Dennis and I were tough together. And, you know, we came up through the, the ranks and we don't take any shortcuts. You come in, you do it. And there's no getting out when you don't feel like you can do it. You'll do it. You don't do it today, so you come in on Saturday morning and I throw it at you again. You missed out on Wednesday, do it today. You have like a, a real reputation, John, amongst the people you work with as being someone who if you come to work with you, you don't leave without becoming a, a, like a front pack swimmer, a, a, like a world-class triathlon swimmer. There's stories about who you've done that with and, and how big an impact you have, you've had. And you've already listed off some of those names, Josh Amberger, Jan Fredino, Braden Curry. They're the cream of the crop. Lionel Sanders will never win while he continues to swim 13 minutes down the back of the pack. So let's, let's, let's dive into this a little bit more. Let's dive into like the methodology and how you make these swimmers so good. There's um, another friend of the show, Brad Carlefelt, who talks about his time um, as being Brad, Brad, not very good. Great, and then, guy. great guy, Brad. I think he credits you for a lot of the, the work that took him from being 
um, quite an average triathlon swimmer to, to being someone who was capable of coming out of a, a swim in the front pack and, and ultimately, you know, taking him to being the, the world number one triathlete? Well, you know, i got a lot of time for Brad and uh, the guy from Canada who was the, the leading triathlete, he trained with Graham Brewer, my partner who I trained, Graham, and Graham was at Willoughby and that guy went and trained with Graham and the guy that uh, does the podcast in America trained with Graham too. All along the way, unless you train, they're still water coaches. They're not triathlon coaches. And they train you accordingly, okay? And, you know, we talk technique. We do drills. We don't just get in there and say, there's your set. And these swimmers are what I am. I give them my life. I go to the pool. I'm 85. I've been doing it for 54 years. And I go to the pool every session. I go uh, 10 sessions a week. And they probably swim six of them. And I give them what I give my best still water swimmers. I don't treat them like triathletes. I treat them like elite swimmers. And I think that's the difference. So what does that involve, John, when you say you give them everything and you treat them like swimmers? Can you sort of take me inside what like a week or a couple of months of training with you looks like? Take me like a bit deeper into it. Well, they're probably going between six and seven and a half K a session. They know that Monday's heart rate. They know Tuesday's quality. They know we have our aerobic sets, which range between three and four K. Some are swim, some are pull. They do kick sets. So I know they're not good kickers. So what we do is we might go 12 100s on the two minutes. Uh, but what they do is, they kick like crazy down, put their board up, swim back, swim down, pick up their board and kick back with the two-minute swimmers. There's more ways of doing it than just I don't treat them like triathletes, but I help them. I don't just say, oh, we'll do the best you can and that sort of thing. We do 25s. Uh, we do uh, technique. We do breathing. I teach them how to lay in the water. Where our stroke drills uh, uh, teach them how that, how not to kick too much. A lot of triathletes kick too much. When with they put those wetsuits on, their feet are up out of the water, they're kicking in fresh air. But all these things, I've gone into it. Same as with my still water swimmers. I've got Sloman and now Tommy Raymond. And, they're, and they're, they can rank with the best in the world. i put a lot of thought into it and uh, they are what I am. I've put my life into it. And that's like yarn. We're, we're not only coach and swimmer, we're good friends. And uh, like things like yarn was in one day, we did a set. He came in. I walked over. He had the goggles on the end of the pool and I just trod on them. And I said, Jan, that was the worst set I've ever seen. He was livid. <laughs> he put the goggles on. He said, now I'll do the set again. He did the best set he's ever done. I said, I told you, mate, you weren't with it. I just crushed him. What was that set, John? Do you remember it? Set of eight 400s. What was the specifics of it? 
What did he, in that first time that he did the eight four hundreds? What did he do? Like why why was it not up to to the standard you expected of him? Of course, he normally used to swim them around about uh, eight four hundreds on uh, five twenty, holding uh, four forty five, but not just one on four forty five, holding eight on four forty five. And he came in and he said, oh, I can't do any more. And, and I just trod on his goggles and I said, yeah, that's the worst set I've ever seen you do. He went and got another pair of goggles out of his bag. And have you ever seen a German lose his temper? Put them on. He said, now I'll do it again. <laughs> that's just a crazy story. It's one of the best stories we've heard on the podcast. Now I'll tell you a story. He came in, he hurt his calf, his leg. He said, "Jr, I've got a race in, say, maybe six or eight weeks. What am I going to do? He was going to race. I said, no problems, mate. So he wasn't allowed to He couldn't run. He did the calf muscle. So what we used to do was he'd train 7K, and then when everyone else went, I got him. I said, come with me, mate. I made him wear running shoes. I put a hat on him. I put a, a heart rate monitor on him. And we used to go over on the side of the pool. And in one week, we ran in the pool 135K. What? And we did that for nearly five, six weeks. He came out and won the triathlon. That is insane. And I know how to train. And I know how to train in a pool, deep water running, not just sitting there with a weight belt around your waist. And he did intervals and everything. We did 135K a week with running shoes on in the deep water. But he's a special person. Something that I hear a lot about you, JR, from everyone that I talk to who has coached, who has been coached by you and spent time in your squad is that you really perfectly almost blend being gentle and, and taking the friendship approach but being ruthlessly hard when it comes to standards and expectations you have on the people that you that you coach. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? They are my friends and they're here because they want to be here. They come to me and no one has walked in like Ian Thorpe or Grant Hackett. These guys come in and two-thirds of them, Yarn's the only one that's ever come in that looked like a swimmer in the beginning. Look at Braden Curry. He was a typical mm, triathlete. He was like uh, Lionel Sanders. And, and I think that if Lionel was to really say, I'm going to give it one go, I'm going to train properly swimming like I do, he's pedantic about his bike and his uh, running, but he's not pedantic about his swimming, is he? This is something I wanted to talk to you about, John, because I've I've raised those questions as well with with a lot of people who are like Lionel. Um, the two really big common examples that I've already brought up are Lionel Sanders and Sam Long. They're the one. They're the people that everyone talks about. Yeah. The thing with with those guys, John, is I think they believe that they they are equally pedantic, if not more so, with getting their swimming right and and focusing on their swimming. But I think where they differ from you is their understanding 
of how to become a really good cyclist and runner is strong. They're good at it and they think yeah. they're doing it right with the swimming. But I think maybe that if they were to, talk, were to talk to you or come and swim with you for a week or two weeks, they might go, oh, this isn't anything like what I've been doing. Now, to go with a bike coach and a running coach, I've been with Yarn, I know, because I've seen the apps that come through from the coach that trains him. He, he rode for uh, AG2R. He was a bike. He's a bikey, and he understands bike, but he never interferes with the swimming. And like on Monday's heart rate. Now this afternoon, Braden's going to get up and go a sprint set, and he and Hannah's, Hannah's going to get the shock of her life this afternoon. She's never done it, and that's a swimming. It's a swimming set, and she's going to do it this afternoon. And these are the things we've got a set thing that we do. Monday to Friday, and like sometimes of a Saturday morning, he'll come in, and I'll make him go and run for an hour, and then he'll come in and do the workout, things like that, you know. And he'll do a great set of four hundreds, and you know he's good. He can swim, he can swim uh, ten or twelve four hundreds on five twenty and hold four fifty four forty five. Hey, there's none of those guys can. Do you think that if you if you could have Lionel Sanders under your wing for four to six months, do you think you could change his triathlon forever? I change how he swims and he knows what to do on a bike and he knows how to run, but it's quite obviously he doesn't know what to do when he swims. Now, I don't know whether he swims in a squad or what he does, but I'll bet that He's got someone that tells him what to do on the bike and someone who trains him on the run. But I'd be very surprised if he swims in a squad. And how many he can't win. He can't win when it comes to the big time. Kenny. Lionel is probably the perfect example, John, but are there just some people who, no matter what they do, could never become front pack swimmers? Or if you had enough time, could you turn anyone who comes to you into a front pack swimmer? It's not so much being a front pack swimmer, it's how much energy you apply to be a front pack swimmer. For Lionel to say, I'm going to swim with a front pack, it would take away from him in the run. But these guys, they know that when they're swimming 47 and they're up the front of the pack, they know that when they get out on the bike and they run, they've still got plenty to go. So what would you what would you do with him? Would you do anything differently to what you do with Yarn or Braden or, or no Hannah? different, no different technique, the programs. He would become part of the swimming team. We all wear the same coloured hat. Braden walks in, I give him the Noosa hat. Helen the Noosa hat. They're now part of the Noosa swim squad, not triathlon squad, swim squad. Do Australian swim coaches of the level of yourself, John, Olympic, Australian Olympic swim coaches, obviously Australia being um, arguably the greatest swimming country in the, in the world, do you guys do things differently to other countries? Like do, do American swim coaches, um, you know, whoever, whatever the country is, Chinese swim coaches, do you guys do things just a little bit differently? Uh, yes, we do. I've been... Uh around the Japanese, Chinese, Americans. Now, 
Ash Gent was very lucky that she's got the burger man who come up under our system with Bronte Barrett, Kylie Palmer, all Olympic swimmers. And he's got my background. So he's got a bit of an idea. Uh, Cam Watt, I train Cam Watt. Okay, all these guys have got what we do in the pool. Now, how they apply, it's up to them. But they've still got 70 or 80% of what I do. And that's, you know, that's the main thing, that uh, they've got a background of what we do. Finding a triathlon coach that's right for you can be really bloody hard. It feels like just about every town or city in the world has a triathlon coach that coaches heaps of people, but if you're like me, you might find yourself asking, well, is this coach actually any good? And some are, but some just aren't. It can be a bit of a lottery. But there are a few proven world-class triathlon coaches who are just better than the average triathlon coach. And Dan Plews is not only that, he's one of the best triathlon coaches on the planet. There's some other people in that conversation like Olav Alexander Boo, Dan Lorang, Bjorn Giesman, among others, but Dan is definitely in that conversation. And something Dan Plews has done that I personally love is create an online coaching community called Enduro IQ. It's a training platform that has hundreds of training plans written by Dan himself. It's not written by someone else. They're written by Dan himself to suit each individual. For example, if you only have time for like six to eight hours of training because of work and family, there's programs for you. If you have time for 15 hours, there's plans for you. If you want to really take things to the next level and train 25 hours a week and try and become a pro, again, there's plans for you. The best thing about it is that there is literally so many training plans on there that no matter who you are or what you do or how much time you have or what your family or social or work life is, you'll find one that is literally exactly right for you. And it costs so much less than what getting coached by a much lower level coach would at only $25 per week. And Dan has given us a little discount code. So if you use the code HTT15 when you sign up, you'll get an additional 15% off that already really low price for the level of coaching you're going to get. Also, you get direct access to Dan Plews himself to ask any questions you want about training, nutrition, racing, etc. via like a weekly webinar and an online forum that's over on the Enduro IQ platform. So if you want to take your training to the next level and you're racing to the next level and work with a world-class proven triathlon coach for a fraction of the price they would usually charge, head over to the Enduro IQ page. The link will be in the description or you can just Google Enduro IQ. Use the code HTT15 for that extra little discount and get stuck in. And so when you say that what you guys, like Australian swimming Olympic coaches of your level, you do do things a little bit different, what is it specifically that you do a little bit different? Well, we don't train like triathlete coaches. I get guys bring their coaches, their kids to me. And they come up when they can for two or three days. And they come for our program to work with me and swim with my squad. Because we're a pretty elite squad in our level. Uh, we're at Noosa here, which is great environment for bike, running. And we've got a beautiful 10-lane 50-metre and a 25-metre pool. And they know that Friday morning, sprint morning, we get have the 25-metre pool and they sprint. And different things like that. We don't just slog up and down. 
everything's done on time. We don't, and I know what they're doing. I know when they're doing heart rate sets. I know what Darren's doing. I know what uh, Braden's doing, and I'll work with Helen now. Han- Hannah. Hannah, and I'm looking forward to it. She's a challenge. Let's talk about that because uh, most people, Hannah Hannah Wells has been on this podcast before. Um, let's talk about her specifically because I like the case studies of of this where we, we're talking about, um, say, Braden Curry. He was probably, he would admit this, a pretty shitty swimmer. He's now one of the best triathlon swimmers in the world. Jan Frodeno's oh. always been good, but he's now on his day pretty much the best in the world. Hannah, oh. Hannah is not one of the best swimmers in the world. Um, she would be the yeah, first person to admit that. she'll be with a pack and, and doing it on a rear. That's my goal. So let's talk about that from this is her sort of first week working with you. Talk no, to me. First day. First day. And yesterday she couldn't do the interval. What what happened there? Well, she couldn't keep up. So so she comes into the pool, she jumps in. What was the session that she couldn't keep up with? Uh, eight four hundreds on five twenty pool. And so when she couldn't keep up, what happens? What do you what, what like walk me through what you're seeing as a coach? I see a stroke. And I see her going a three hundreds on four thirty. She's only here till Friday, and then she'll go away, and then she'll come back, and then she will keep up. And it's just the same thing, is it? It's just she comes into the squad, she does what the squad does, and by being around that squad and doing what they what they do day in day out, week in week out, she will lift to the level of the squad. I'll put her head down further. I'll keep her feet down further. Get her to bend her elbows a little bit more. As soon as she dived in, I thought, I said to her, I said, Helen, this Han- is not, you're not swimming with a wet, Hannah, you're not swimming with a wetsuit. You're swimming in a pool. When it comes to the, the average triathlete you see, whether it be, because I, I also assume that quite a lot of age groupers probably, um, or amateur triathletes probably come and hop in with your squad from, from time to time, if not. I pretty, don't let them. Oh, you don't let them? No. Talk to me about that, John. Well, mate, I'm not 25 years old anymore. I've got an elite squad, and to be my squad, you've got to be able to aim up, you've got to be able to handle the scene, and you they come in, they dive in, and they swim. No messing around. And uh, you want to mess around, there's the door. So have you had experiences where – say an age group triathlete or even a professional triathlete or a swimmer has come into the squad um, and jumped in and they're either not at the standard that you expect of your squad or they're, the way they're behaving at the squad isn't of the standard you expect and you kick them out? I had the best swimmer in the world, Rebecca Crudy. She was 17. She ran second in the Worlds in the 50 metre at 15. She came back. She won the Australian 100. 200 Commonwealth Games came back at 17. I said, Rebecca, I love you. I said, I think you need to find a new squad. Would you throw an Australian champion out? I couldn't even really imagine being in the situation. It's uh, not many people get to that level. No. But I don't have that trouble. They know. They know. 
And like I said already, John, that's something you're really well known for. Everyone who trains with you talks about it is the standards you set and they're relentless by all accounts. What, what are the standards you expect? Well, as Tommy Raymond, he came to me 12 months ago and he ran second to Nick. He, he, was, he ran 15th or something the time before. 12 months later, he ran second in the Australian uh, 10K and he went to the Worlds. He's going to be good, but he's got Nick to run off. Everyone's got someone to run off. Okay, you ride with Podka on the bike, you're going to end up good. Either that or you're going to end up not being able to keep up and you'll go somewhere else. So it's not only you that makes your squad great. That's what you're saying. It's that the standard of the squad means that you'll either keep up with the squad or and if you can't hack it, you'll leave. You'll and, and that's a big you'll part fizzle. of the standard. Yeah, you'll fizzle. So with that being said then, John, Say if Lionel Sanders or Sam Long or, you know, even even a Daniela Reef did come across to your squad, would, would the oh, squad no, just break different. them? If they, if, as long as they adhered by the rules and gave me their best, I will give them my best. And uh, not, every, not everyone's an Olympic champion, so it's my job to try and make them the best that they can be when it comes to like average swimmers, whether it be professionals or whether it be age group triathletes, is the big like are the big changes that you make technical or are they mindset or are they the way the the sessions are the the amount they swim? What like what it's the are whole the- lot? It's a whole lot. Mindset sessions, technique, what we do, how we do it. We never have shoulder trouble. Uh, we do everything with a, a set thing in mind. And uh, that's why they're so, you know, they're in the zone. They know what's on. I tell them it's a quality set or a heart rate set. They know Monday morning's heart rate, okay, things like that. So say, say for example, John, if, um, if, 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 if a swimmer came to you, a triathlete came to you, and their technique was horrible. It was like there was a thousand things you could change. Um, there was almost nothing you would keep. Are they making very like minor changes to their technique while doing lots of volume and doing the sessions? Or do you go, hey, we're exactly. going to... Exactly. You can't, unless you're in good shape, you can't, you can't change technique. Uh, there's nothing worse than trying to change someone who's not in good shape and trying to give them a better technique because it's so hard they're not in shape to do it so how do you how do you work that do you do you make any technical changes to start or do you go hey we're going to do you know however many weeks of hard training before no, we go 3100s and i might say i want you to put your head down look at the bottom i might say uh when we go 3000s i might say you'll do the first 10 uh a the first 10, A2, and the last 10, give it your best shot, things like that. Till they get so – there'll come a day when they come in and you'll do the whole 30 straight. And then, like, does the amount of technical changes that you try and make increase over time? So, like, two months after starting with you, are they are you trying to implement way more changes? 
start from go. Yeah. Not not a whole lot, just bits and pieces. What's the most common sort of technical flaw that you see in amongst bad triathlon swimmers? Left arm throwing over like they're swimming in the surf. They all come in, you say you're a triathlete, look at your left arm. They just flog it. Do you say the left arm because most people breathe to the right-hand side? No, they breathe to the left-hand side. Most people breathe to the left. So it's the hand that they're breathing to that is the... They just clog it. And they lose their catch, they lose their pull, they lose their technique, they lose their pull under the water mainly. So what's the fix to that? Oh, stroke rules. And we work on stroke, we work on stroke. So what are some of the stroke drills that you would use to fix that then? Oh, I got a lot of them made up, you know, all the time. All the time I'm looking, thinking, working with stroke rules. Remember, I had a lot of Olympic swimmers and uh, they did the same stroke rules. And so when you have a swimmer, say like compare them, when you have an average swimmer in your swim squad, like say what Hannah Wells is now, and then you have Jan Fredino, who's pretty much the best, um, or, or, or Josh Amberger, who are two of pretty much the best um, open Josh water is swimmers. A great swimmer. Josh yeah. is a great swimmer. So say when you have one those two people, what you're essentially saying is that they'll do the same thing and you'll be making the same sort of like technical cues with, you know, like oh, you might be all giving. All the time with Jan and Josh. Hey, Josh, does, Josh lives up in, in Brisbane. But when Jan's here, we talk technique all the time. And he knows. That's why he comes to me. We do fly. We do medley. He was a 400 IMA, and we laugh and joke about it, but we do a lot of medley. I don't care whether you're good, bad, or indifferent. You will do medley. That's interesting because uh, that's what I want to know, like s- some more specifics around what you do. And you've sort of told me about the sessions that you do, roughly what they are, but you, you do a lot of medley. Is there other things you do? You've mentioned pull a couple of times. Like what are some real fundamental yeah. things you do a lot of? We do medley in our warm-up. We do medley in our swim down. Uh, we do sets, uh, endurance sets. And, uh, you know, I could go on forever with sets, but as far as what we do, we do a lot of medley because when you swim off or you swim, the capillaries, you're a freestyler, okay, they only open up uh, freestyle capillaries. So if you want to clear the other capillaries, you've got to do the other strokes. I've heard you talk a lot and I've heard other people talk a lot about how you do a lot of 400s and a lot of longer sets that maybe triathletes don't do, but that you don't just do them easy. Like you won't just go and do 10, 400 meters and it's sort of, you know, soft swimming, decent rest. It's like you'll do long, hard swimming. No, we talk time. Even our 50s, we might do 20 50s on the 45. We'll go medium pace on the way down and A2 on the way back. And I'll say, you've got a whole 29 or you've got a whole 30. And on that time when you're coming back, you'll do uh, breathing one in four and you'll get tempo with your arms and your legs, things like that. Do you think, and this might be a bit of a hard question, but do you think that the quality of the swimming you do matters more than the volume of the swimming that you do? Or do you think that the volume of the swimming that you do matters more? No, no, what we do. Because uh, I've got guys that are winning 10K and are only going 75 and 80K a week. 
and everyone else is going 100k. And so you said with the triathletes that you coach that on average they'll swim with you about six times a week, which I guess works out to be about 30k a week, 30, 30, 30 to 40k a week. Do you think that because my experience of that, that that's still very high volume for the average triathlete? Like well, a Brad Parlerfield swim. Is that what would, would Jan Fredino swim sort of that 30 to 40k every single week under you, JR? And the rest. And the rest. How much more? A bit more than that. He might swim up to 40k, but you know, it was all good, good, good swimming. We do a warm up, we do the main set, we do a, we do drills, we do medley, we do a swim down. Even the swim down is done properly. So, do you think that there's a problem in triathlon where people show up to the I pool? Know, I know there's a problem in triathlons. Because when uh, uh, the burger man was training with Queensland, he wouldn't train with the Queensland tries. He trained with me. He wouldn't train with the guys. So what do you think the solution is to, to create better triathlon swimmers? Like why is there so they many swimmers? I don't think the coaches have got the knowledge for swimming. I'm not saying bike and run. Could someone like say, we've talked about him a lot today, but a Lionel Sanders or someone like that, if they reached out to you, would it be possible for you to help someone unless they're there with you? Is the only way you can help someone if they're on the pool deck with you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I trained uh, Tondi from Boulder, Colorado. Look how he improved. The guy that ran third in Kona. Who, who was that, John? Which year was that? The American ran second to yarn, third to yarn. Tim O'Donnell? Yeah, I trained him. Yeah, and was that at Noosa? Yep, he came out with Marinda. Yeah, he's Marinda's husband. Tell me about that story, John. Did you coach both of them? No, I coached him. She swam, but she was – that's why she never lasted. She had to concentrate more on the swimming and it took away from her other other legs. So with Tim O'Donnell, when he came out to start swimming with you, can you tell me about that story? Mate, he was just a swimmer. Now look at him now. He can go with the front pack. And that's just the same thing. No, no different to anyone else. Just the same thing. No different. Yep. Mate, a good a good guy. We had a lot of fun, trained hard, did exactly as I asked of him. If this chat with JR has motivated you to go and swim a bit more, the same way it did for me, then I highly recommend you get a pair of form smart goggles to make those swims even better. JR focuses a lot on paces and making sure you are hitting certain paces while you swim rather than just going through the motions. And nothing has ever helped me do that more than my form goggles because they have the real-time pace you are swimming in the lens. So say if you try to swim fast 50s and hit a certain time, you don't have to push off the wall and guess or hope you're doing that pace only to get to the wall up the other end and realize you weren't. And then for the next rep, go and do one like way too hard to make up for it because with form, it's right there in front of your eyes. Or the same with hard 400s JR talks about. Trying to know what pace you're swimming for a 400 is usually close to impossible. But with form goggles, it's right there in front of you, the whole rep, and makes things a crazy amount more simple and more easy. If you don't have them, you really should go and get them. They make your swimming so much easier and so much funner. Use the discount code HTT15 
for 15% off your form goggles and it helps support the show. The link to buy some is in the description or just Google form goggles. It really is amazing, John, how many triathletes, long course triathletes particularly, come to you and how just how much they improve. Like it's there's really no one who comes to you who doesn't become like close to a world class, if not a, a high level world class triathlon swimmer. They've all improved. They've all improved. Big time. I got to go now because I've got to go to work. <laughs> what's uh, what's on tonight? Oh, we're going sprint set tonight. We're going uh, 8.50s on 110. We're going, that's red pace. Then we're going 8.50s on the 120. That's red blue. And then 8.50s easy, get up and dive on the 130. John, one last question before we go. Do you think, like at the moment, are, are there many of are there many high-level triathletes who are reaching out to you for coaching? Do you get many requests? No, no. I only... I just do the ones that I've, you know, been associated with for a while. And uh, Braden always comes back. Yarn, he said, if I'm not going any good over there in Andorra, I'll be home to you. If they did, like if these people we talk about, if say there's like struggling um, pros who are struggling to, to come out of the water and, and be in positions to, to win races, you know, say like we talked about um, Lionel Sanders or like me and you have talked about off air a little bit, if Ash Gentle kept not being able to make front group swim packs. If they always because she's married to Josh, who I had a big association with. If they reach out to you, would you try to help anyone? I, I, would, hash, I would help Ash because she's married to Josh. Would you help some of the big-name Americans or international triathletes if, if they wanted help from you? Not if they were racing uh, Braden. Right. I'd ask, I'd ask Braden first. I'd ask Jan. You'd ask Jan as well. I'd pay them the courtesy. Always I have. Awesome, John. Thanks so much for, for chatting to me, mate. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, I've enjoyed your call. I'll talk soon. Talk, sounds good, John. Thanks again. We finally made it happen. And maybe next time when we have another chat, we'll, we'll be able to make the Zoom call happen a bit easier now we know how to use it. By then, maybe she'll be up the front of the pack. Yeah, Hannah. That'll be good. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to message Hannah and, and tell her she's in for a – Hey, John, I have one last story that I, I wanna, I've wanted to ask you for, for ages because it's a really funny story that got told on this podcast by, uh, by Braden Curry. And it was that – and, and it sort of speaks to the standards you set and sort of that really friendly yet very almost blunt approach you take to, to coaching your, your professionals. And he says that he was in decent Nick, but not, not the best Nick he's ever been in by, by his own admission. Um, and he was on pool deck with you and you, you grabbed his skin, like his skin on his belly and told him he was too fat. Uh, oh, yeah. Could, could you talk to me about that kind of thing? Like, in this day and age, um, you know, the, you wouldn't get young coaches doing that because of the, the era we're in. But do you sort of see yourself as that old school coach still? No, but I know that uh, there's not too many fat thoroughbreds. Weight stops trains. Look how pedantic Jan Perdino is. No one is more pedantic than him. So what do you think about that line between... Too thin or too fat? They know. They know what, what they should be and they've got a race weight and they've got to be so careful that when they're training that they keep their uh, fluids up and their food up 
and they don't get this thing in their head about anorexia. Because you must remember they're going along, the, the distance is a long way and it burns a lot of energy. So how do you talk to your athletes about that, about, hey, you need to be in good condition, but you can't, you can't let the mental side of it take over and it become a problem? Um, I talk to them. I know how to talk to them. Would you have any advice for, for, you know, maybe not even professionals, but age group triathletes when it comes to that? Get skin fold tests done. Don't keep looking at the scales. Get skin folds done. Scales can be your downfall. You've got to get someone that knows what they're doing and about every three or four weeks do a skin fold test. How do you advise people to do that without it being like a very negative thing on their on their mentality and they they worry about their weight too much and become, you know, really body conscious and, and let that bring them down? Well, you've got to be so careful and that's part of it. It's part of being who you are. And I'll talk to uh, this young lady and uh, she'll be good. All right. Well, you've got to get to the pool, John, so let's wrap it up there. Uh, thanks so much, mate, for, for coming on and imparting your 54 years of coaching wisdom onto us. We'll, um, we'll do it again soon and we can pick up right where we left off. Talk soon. See you, mate. Hello.